amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. back to another episode of Screen Heroes. My name is Ray and I am one of your weekly hosts. I am joined by my other two weekly hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Derek. Hi everybody. Just scooting my chair in here a little bit. You're both very lovely tonight. Thank, thank you for you. Extra lovely joining me. Or... Thank I you. said very. Right, I but said extra, very... is no. that on top of the normal? No, just, it's very lovely. Guys, okay. guys. You're lovely. I just want to be clear. This, this is the last live episode of Screen Heroes in 2018. Woo! We have All one right. more episode that comes out after this, but it won't be live. And then we move into the new year. Happy New Year, guys. Yay. Happy Woo. New Year. Woot woot. Woot woot. Not even Christmas yet. Not even. No. No, not, not quite. Not quite. So what are we talking about today? We are, uh, what are we talking about? We are talking about <laughs> who we're reviewing into the Spider-Verse this evening. Uh, if you haven't checked that out, then you can stick around for another 15 minutes or so while we talk news and then pause and come back after you see the movie. And you can watch the Quick Movie Takes episode where we talk about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse with our spoiler-free thoughts. That's available on Facebook and Twitter at Excuse Heroes Podcasts. Me. It's there, I promise. Exclusively. Exclusively on Facebook and Twitter. Right. Um, and we, 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 for the first time ever, we use the Facebook's automated um, <laughs> automated caption technology. And so if you just want to laugh, uh, go check that out. Yeah. Um, but they that's spoiler free, bad. so you can check those out. So let's dive into some news. First of all, Into the Spider-Verse won the box office. And it, it completely destroyed everything else out there. The Including Mortal Engines, which is Peter Jackson, so that's a pretty big one for it to be. That's upsetting. Well, so let's, let's temper some expectations here a little bit. Like, yes, it was significantly won the box office, but there, this was not a big weekend in general. No, it was not. But so, I mean, it, going up against, I mean, Peter mm-hmm. Jackson is a pretty huge force. When people see his name, they go, "The director of the Lord of the Rings." Sure, you but he, he didn't direct I know, Mortal he Engines, it, but and still. the Hobbit movies kind of made some people cold on on him. Um, but Spider Man did break the December animated movie record, so it brought in thirty five point four million. About That's a lot. Uh, which is pretty good. The mule took second place at 17 and change. So, funny thing about the mule, that is Clint Eastwood's newest film. Uh, it is about this old man who got involved in being a drug mule. Uh, he just gets caught up in some bad stuff. Um, the demographic for this movie, the reason why I got number two is because every like over 50 person who lives in the Midwest went to go see this film. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The demographics for the map was hilarious. It was just right in this like you. In the Bible Belt? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody who went to go see it was at least 50 or older. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, younger people probably went to go see Spider-Man or, you know. The Aquaman showing or, or Mortal, Mortal Engines. Engines. Right. 
And, and Wreck-It Ralph and Creed 2 are still in theaters. And so. The Grinch took third place. Right. Yeah. The Grinch is still doing well. It's hanging in there. It never once won the box office, but it's doing the long haul thing. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a good holiday film. It's, you know, family friendly, so you can take any kids to it and things like that. Just any kids, not yours. Steal <laughs> a kid and just go. grab any child. I meant age wise. You don't have to worry about the age for the kids. Um, so steal a kid of any age. That's what Derek is telling you. So for some perspective, Derek condones stealing kids. I do not. Uh, so Mortal Engines brought in just under seven point six million. Wow, that's really with bad. a budget of a hundred million dollars. So let's talk now, about Mortal Engines for a second. You and I went to go see it. And yes, we did. It is a really fun movie. It's a good concept, and the world building in it was the most impressive part. I thought of the entire film. Like, I, Peter Jackson's known for the big epics. I could sit there for nine hours and watch this world. Maybe not these specific characters the entire nine hours. Break it up, but like that world was really beautiful and fun and unique. Steampunky. Yeah, it I mean, was, but it's thousands of years in the future they they talk about us as the ancients us right here right now the ancients so you know yeah i, mean, I was impressed to find out its budget was only a hundred million dollars now mm-hmm. obviously that's a lot of money right but when you're talking about you know movies are getting 160 200 million 250 million at times 100 million you know that's only 10 million more than spider-man uh, which is a fully animated feature. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty impressive that they were able to pull off what they did with almost half the budget of the other big blockbuster films that came out this year. Um, it was good. I, I mean, I really liked it. I think if you like dystopian future sci-fi type stuff, then you should go see Mortal Engines. I think you'll have a good time. Um, it's not a masterpiece, but it's definitely better than a lot of movies that I've seen in 2018. Well, out of all the YA uh, novels that people have adapted over the last few years, like Would Hunger you rank Ga- it versus Hunger Games and uh, so the Maze Runners or yeah, whatever. God, so I, I haven't seen the Maze Runner movies, so I, I can't say to those. I actually would rather watch this than Hunger Games. I agree, and I like I'm so, a so fan of the Hunger, like Games. Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah I'm a fan Both of the Hunger Games. I really enjoyed it, and I think that this was a better story. Characters were cooler. Um, the world was just a lot more fun. There's there a lot needs to be more steampunk. Like, there's not a lot of steampunk movies. When you think steampunk Anything. movies, you think Wild Wild West, Time Machine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh, what's the? There's an animated Disney one, Treasure Planet. Yeah, oh, Treasure right. Planet's um, very steampunk. But that's other than that, there's really not that. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm happy for the steampunk fans to get something that's expanding the universe. Hopefully, this gets a sequel and they get to have a whole. I would know. like to see it. There are four books in the series right and now, and there's a prequel series too that has yeah. at least three novels in it that I know of. Um, so there's a ton of content. The The stuff here is just so fascinating that I'm going to dive straight into the books. I, I have to get them now. Like You should try reading them instead. No, I think I'm going to go head first. Okay. Just, I well, literally you do don't. you. Now, you know, it, it has opened in some other markets. It's made about $35 million in other markets. So it's it's cracked 40 but on a budget of 100 plus marketing, you know, it's probably got to break even to see a sequel. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, so we'll have to kind of wait and see if there's any... At this point, the things that'll help it is word of mouth, or uh, it could get the Princess Bride treatment where the DVD and Blu-ray and home video sales are way beyond expectations. So, and word of mouth will help that. Yeah. 
Now, one last point on the box office is so Aquaman had a special Amazon Prime screening this weekend uh, for Amazon Prime members. It brought in a little over $3 million, which actually means it would have been number 10 in the box office this week. But they were only showing it on one screen pretty much yeah. at all the theaters. Was, so it's not yeah. like a lot of other movies get multiple screens when they open on their opening weekend. Well, there was one time, so. one screen. Yeah. It wasn't like well, you got multiple showings. I, I just think it's relevant because it made, with that in mind, with those restrictions, it made almost almost as much as Fantastic Beasts and actually beat Once Upon a Deadpool. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. That was yeah. Once Upon a Deadpool's opening weekend. So, you know, it um, that's promising for, for Aquaman, especially considering the international numbers. And uh, that's what we're reviewing next week. I imagine out of all the films that uh, are coming out this weekend, Bumblebee, Mary Poppins Bumblebee Returns. Bumblebee is 97% on Rotten Tomato right now. I know, it's so I, weird. I... Uh, those are three huge films. I think Aquaman will still take the block. I don't box think office. It will. You think, I think Bumblebee? Bumblebee will beat it? Bumblebee will probably I, win the weekend, especially with you know uh, that three million going to this past weekend as well. Okay, that's fine. Um, the international box office is promising for Aquaman and everything, but this Transformers movie seems to be a completely different direction for the franchise. Yeah, it's kind of a soft reboot, from it what is. I can tell. Yeah, yeah, and so I think that's going to bring a lot of people back to the franchise. Like even Are I, you like, going to see it? No. Like, we're going to go see it, Ray and I, and that's not something... Well, you guys go see a lot of movies because of your fantasy A-list, membership. Yeah. Yeah. But I haven't seen the Transformers movie since the first live-action one. So I didn't see any of the sequels or anything like that. I've read about so of those of those movies, you're picking Bumblebee, or are you going to see multiple? I'm picking Bumblebee. Okay. Uh, I didn't know if you were going to go see Mary Poppins also. Well, I'm going to go see. Oh, well... It, do, it doesn't. Weekend. It doesn't open... It, it opens on the 21st. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not seeing it opening night. So, <laughs> Fair originally it was not coming out this weekend and the date must have moved. So, that threw me off. Anyway, uh, we're moving on. So, there is a little bit of spider news just to relate to Into the Spider-Verse. Um, since it did so well, they've been talking about spinoffs from the beginning and I think that's a very smart move on Sony's part. Uh, they want to go with a Spider-Gwen in her universe, and they're going to have other female characters join them. Now, the stupid part was two months ago when they announced all-female cartoon movie. Now it just says they're having Silk and Spider-Woman join her, and I think that is a much better way of advertising and marketing that, getting the hype around it, because when you put all-female, then... A large portion of the male demographic believes that you're going for a political stance when it just means you want to focus on like a few female characters. You have three female characters leading a film and it's a similar like Charlie's Angels vibe and kind of thing. It's not straight up just for women or just for men. You're like, these are the characters we're focusing on. Mm -hmm. So all three of them have current comics out right now. So there's a lot to pull from too, a lot with them together. Uh, I think they could produce a fun story. Yeah, I, mean, I don't want to touch on it too much because we haven't reviewed Into the Spider-Verse yet, but I have a lot of thoughts about what that spinoff sequel could be um, that are very positive. I'm very much looking forward to it. I just don't want to give anything away That's before fair. we talk about the first one. So I try not to be like, it's a gimmick when they go like, it's an all-male cast, all-woman cast, all Well, they don't cast. say all-male cast ever. Well, that's, that's a very know. good point. but It's um, always a minority. All, all black cast or all female yeah. or all gay. I mean, obviously, like, Black Panther is in a 
isn't a gimmick to use an all black cast pretty much uh, but and i and i don't think it is in this case i think ghostbusters was its own thing but uh when no, i thought but... that was a gimmick in that case but this one i yeah again i don't want to get into it too much because because we haven't reviewed this but yeah I, i'm looking forward to that and i'm definitely interested in that based on what i know of it I just think clickbaity headlines need to stop putting all female or all. Yeah, it's a weird way of describing it. Just describe it as those characters rather than all female because then that makes it seem like a gimmick versus when it it really is. Also, if you really think about it, the whole all female thing, like that's really difficult to do. You're really telling me not one male exists in that. Like that's just silly. And I'm sure they exist, but they're just not Mm. the leads. Now, what's really interesting about this is I guess this means that the lawsuit's been resolved because for a while. Marvel Studios was trying to claim ownership to Spider-Woman because she's not originally part of the Spider-Verse. She's usually her own thing. She's in the Avengers, usually. So there was some argument in court about whether or not Sony owned the rights to her or not because Sony owns the Spider-Verse. And Marvel Studios was claiming that that excludes this one character. Which seems kind of weird based on the character's name. Her, Well, that was the argument. The argument was that the name is the only thing that ties her to that. And everything else, she's her own standalone character that doesn't have strong connections to the others. Any stronger than any other non-Spider character does, you know? So it's like saying Batwoman is not property if you buy the Batman universe. Because um, Batwoman doesn't really deal with Batman very much. No, it's it's not so much that she's Batwoman. Batwoman is more closely related to Batman okay. than Spider Woman is to Spider. I don't know much about Spider Woman or Batwoman, really. To be fair, so. but I'm assuming that this has been resolved and Sony confirmed their rights to the character. So, yeah. which is cool. I mean, I think it makes sense. Um, we don't need to split up the characters in any more complicated ways. So. And the comics have pushed her towards that anyway. She's had more interaction over the last two years with the Spider People, and not just the Avengers. But she is still Carol Danvers' best friend, and still hangs out with the Avengers a lot. So they haven't like completely manipulated the character. And, you know, for all I know, the lawsuit was taken care of a couple of years ago, and so Marvel Comics just decided to roll with it and move the comics in that direction. Yeah. You know, I don't know when this was resolved. This is the... Having this announcement is the first confirmation I have that the lawsuit has been resolved. So. I don't know. Yeah. So, Dark Crystal. Woo! Finally some news about the Dark Crystal. Photos and casting. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's an d- info dump, basically. Yeah, Dark Crystal casts everyone you've ever loved and everything. Yeah. So h- hitting the list up. Oh, wait, wait, let's just do like a quick what is it first for people who okay. may not know. It's a Netflix show. I think a prequel show. It's a prequel. Ten Age episodes. of Resistance, correct? It's like a thousand years or something before the Dark Crystal takes place. Um Puppetry, practical effects, yeah. not CGI. Very I mean, I'm little sure there'll CGI be involved in the whole thing. thing. Yeah, Magical effects. Right, the creatures the aren't going to be made of CG or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, that's the So big the, take we've away. had like no information other than that. There's we had a recently. couple images yeah. that. But really, the, the sketches, and then there was like a single teaser where you kind of see a skexy, but it's really grainy. <laughs> right. Um, other than that, no news. So then this week we got a huge cast list, which. Just to name some of the names, if you're a film person, then you probably will know a lot of these. Taron Egerton. Um, Who's the guy from Kingsman. The guy from Kingsman. Uh, Nathalie Emmanuel uh, was from Game of Thrones, I guess. I'm not yep. sure what character. Um, you've got Helena Bonham Carter. you got Natalie Dormer. Andy Eddie Sandberg. Izzard. Uh, Mark Strong. Um, Mark Hamill. Harvey Firestein. Jason Isaacs. Keegan-Michael Key. 
Simon Pegg, Andy Samberg. I mean, it's a loaded cast. Loaded. Like, I've already read this, and you repeating it still has the same It blows level my impact. mind every way that all these people are involved in a Henson property. Like, these these are... A lot of these actors have never worked together. These A lot of these are big-time actors. To be fair, they're probably not working together here either. You know what I mean, though. But, yeah. Right? Like... On the same property. You, you've got people who have been Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Star Trek, uh, SNL, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like, these are big-time people. Uh, it's really exciting, it shows that Netflix is not screwing around. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that every year Netflix proves themselves more and more that they're throwing everything they possibly can to make quality content. But are they going to be able to keep up that cast list? If they, I, you know what I mean? Like if they get a season two or something, because they, I don't There's know. no way every single one of these characters is playing a lead. There's no That's way true. that every single one of these uh, cast members are sticking around for the entire time. You know, some of them may only be in one episode. We don't know true. the level of dedication from them or the level of uh, content. All we know is that everything about the show proves that they are trying. Mm-hmm. They know they have that card stacked against them. They've seen what happens just when people revisit the Muppets well, let alone anything else, Henson. Yeah. Yeah. They it's, all... it's, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, this is a tricky thing to do, right? I mean, the Dark Crystal is a unique IP. It's a dark puppet universe. That which... didn't really make much money in no. when it first came out. I mean, it's kind of gained cult popularity. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing off the top of my head that's even remotely related is, La- is Labyrinth. And they're both Henson properties. Right. Yeah. But, like, you know, any even other Henson stuff is much brighter and happier, you know, right. type stuff. Like, this, this is... I mean, Dark Crystal is one of my favorite movies. I love the Dark Crystal. So, the fact that they're taking it so seriously that... It's, it, it is a focus on practical puppetry that they are bringing in solid actors, many of which are voice actors. Right. You know, I mean, Mark Hamill is like the king of voice acting. He's one of <laughs> few, know? yeah. Um, like, that's just, it's just super exciting. Um, I just, the, the, they, they released some stills. We yeah, got to see. We got to see three, the three main characters. I mean, three yeah. Gelflings. Three Gelflings. We got to see one Skeksy. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, but that was from the teaser, wasn't it? Or something like that. I thought that. it was a new high res. Was it? I don't remember. That one that you sent was not high res. That one that I sent was not high res. It was a poor quality, but there was high res versions of that photo. Okay. Um, I mean, I think they look great. Sure. I think. I think. Yeah, I'm still the jury's still out on Skeksy because I haven't seen a really clear photo That's of fair. it. But of the Gelflings, yeah, I'm very impressed. And a lot of people are like. I guess they're still ugly like they were originally. It's like, screw you, dude. It's the character design. Like, you want them to change what they look like? And over, I mean, come on. That's the, well, like, I take that personally offensive because for some reason, I have been told that I look like Kira at least seven times in my life. So, <laughs> fuck you, random internet troll. Look, they they clearly look like Gelflings. There's yeah. no yeah. question what they're supposed I to be. I love how there's different skin tones, too. Like, that one is green, and that's really pretty to look I like at. That the, I mean, I just like that. The, there's so much difference in the characters because Kira and Jen had a lot of similarities. Like, they, and I mean, they were obviously made pool. the same way and the same skin material and like all this sorts of. These actually look like they have real skin. Like, obviously, the advances have been made, and I part of me kind of wishes that they would have done it the same way that they did the originals. But I realize that things have to change, and nobody's going to watch 
a dark crystal Netflix show <laughs> other than me that would be using puppets styled in the eighties. You know what I mean? So I, I've like, I, I know that they had to go this route and I think that they did a really good job. I think that they're instantly recognizable. They are. Um, they have different hair. The hair yeah. styles are all very different, very intricate. You know, there's, the paint application is beautiful. I just think that there's whether or not the series is good. I think that they'll probably win some awards for character design. They should, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, one thing to consider here is you know back back in the day when the Dark Crystal was made, much 82. in the way much in the way the Star Wars the original Star Wars movies were made, most of that stuff that was practical effects were hacks. Things that were thrown together at the last minute because they had to find a way to make it work. And asteroid shoes. I mean, there's asteroids that were potatoes, right? There's jokes yeah. about that kind of stuff. But it's true, though. Like, they had scraps to work with a lot of the time. The cool thing now is we have people who grew up on the Dark Crystal that love and respect it, but now have a large sum of money to make legitimate components to build these things. And so, yeah, there's that little bit of it's not going to quite look the same. But, uh, you know, I'll say the same thing I say to all my, my fellow Trekkie fans about Discovery is that you don't want cardboard and styrofoam. Yeah. You know, it just won't hold then up. Then you complain about that. And you I get, know. you know, I get that. I'm not trying yeah. to say that I'm not going to like no, this yeah. because it's, uh, It know. speaks to me though, right? Because I love a lot of this old stuff too. And it's sometimes hard to reconcile the new looks, but this case, it just looks really solid. The other thing about the Dark Crystal, you were talking about what makes it unique being a dark puppet and all that, is that Jim Henson made this entire practical world. This every there was not mm -hmm. one human actor in the movie. It was yeah. all puppets, all create like every little creature in the background had somebody puppeteering it. Everything had its own story to him, and it's a lot of it is notated in you know some of the books that have come out about it. But, I mean, it's you don't see that level of world building anymore. It no. just doesn't happen. And I'm not sure that they'll go to those extremes with this. I kind of hope they do, but um, I won't be mad if they don't. Because Jim Henson is is a once-in-a-generation once type person. And they don't really have... Is. There is no... Brian Henson is not Jim Henson. Uh, happy Time Murders exactly. proved that. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. And you know, from what I can tell, the people who are helming this project certainly are trying their best. You know, but you're, you know, they're not Jim Henson, yeah. right? Just, you know, that that's important to keep in mind. You know, some of these creators are iconic because of what their sight was, what they could pull from their heads and put out into the real world that nobody else can pull off. Right. And you a know? lot of drugs. I mean, I'm sure that helps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying there's not a lot of drugs involved in this, because there probably is. Uh, no, I mean... They had a cocaine budget, so I mean, I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> different a different time. It yeah, was a different. different it was a different world. Uh, this was that was the era that got us, you know, the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Clue. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, it's Carrie Fisher employed. <laughs> right, it's a different era. Um, but yeah, I mean, very promising stuff. I'm really looking forward to seeing more. So, yeah, we had the CW Elseworlds crossover. Mm -hmm. Last week, I know you guys haven't watched it. Doesn't um, matter. The whole world spoiled. What? So it's not. It is not all spoiled for me. No, not everything so, is spoiled. No, no, no. They haven't had everything what, spoiled. But what's what happened immediately? Is. The CW and every news site out there released that next year's crossover is going to be Crisis on Infinite Earth. Which they definitely like during the crossover hint. You get a yeah. lot of hints that that's what it's going to be. They talk about the crisis, but there's been multiple DC crises in the comic crises, if you will, in the comic book. That is how you say that word. So, Crisi. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? Right, did you, you guys just break up? <laughs> did you guys just break up? He said cross. Like, I can't even. 
Listen. Look, I, we've done a lot of these episodes, all right? <laughs> Did we ever talk about the, the uh, Avengers trailer? Oh, Endgame. I guess yeah. we didn't because of the Screen Hero Awards. We uh, we did not talk about Endgame. So I guess we can talk we about that. We got a full trailer. For, I mean, we don't need to spend a lot of time yeah. on it. It's just been kind of talking <laughs> I'll tell you what we but... didn't get. We didn't get a Far From Home trailer yet, even though everybody's been predicting it every other day for the last two weeks. I thought that was Avengers they were predicting. No, they, well, so there was both. Oh. Because what was supposed to happen was Avengers was supposed to drop on like a Wednesday or Thursday, and then on Friday was supposed to be Spider-Man. The internet says it was yeah, supposed the, to. Yes. Okay. And so they kept getting, they you know, so the Spider-Man one keeps getting delayed. And if people keep <laughs> saying that it's going to drop, eventually someone's right. Right? You know? like, if I come out and say, well, you know, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer is going to drop this week, and then next week I go, yeah, you know, I guess it's going to be this week. At some point I'm right. That's true. You know, so have, what, I know they have, there's been uh, some... <laughs> The suits from the movie have been on display. I know that they had the stealth suit on display somewhere. Oh, did they? Yeah, there's very clear pictures of it because it was on display. People could take pictures of it. So that's been shown already. Um, so it's kind of weird that the trailer hasn't come out, but they're already showing the costumes in person. At you know, I mean, the, the, the trailer's been a weird situation. I'm wondering if there's like maybe a special effects problem or something that they're waiting on for something to be finished we could do an entire like podcast episode speculating about phase four and i think we have done an entire (laughs) episode as well as breaking down the avengers trailer just piecing bit by bit together my favorite thing like i honestly can't wait to see uh which scenes are completely separate but we're put together to make it look like yeah. like everybody's really convinced that the cap natasha scene and the ant-man at the door is two completely different parts of the movie that i mean i'm convinced none of the trailers in the film at all <laughs> <laughs> i did think it was interesting first of all r.i.p cap's beard right like oh the I didn't biggest realize. loss for infinity war when it got dusted that was the only time i cried but yeah, i smirked we've a little bit the first Hawk time i saw Mohawk, that we've got, yeah i thought it was like dreads i don't like... know what it was yeah we had Hawk dreads grown in all of a yeah. sudden cyberpunk for no yeah, reason <laughs> guessing his family got dusted so that's I really would imagine. cool um he has a sword now so, so he's not just bow guy it would guy. be 10 times cooler <laughs> if it would if there had been an infant on a pet poose like oh like one kid made it yeah like <laughs> if the infant made it the, okay okay the, uh mom and the two older kids passed away or like snapped cool. whatever i don't like kids anyway <laughs> um, there's a time gap there it wouldn't be an infant anymore he'd be a toddler did you know that uh or did you notice that cap was wearing a stealth suit yes what's from up with Winter that Soldier. Because obviously that scene takes place in the past. I'm not complaining because that's my by far the I think the best cap suit that they've had on screen and my favorite for sure. That's a hard one for me. I really like the World War II one. I do too, but I think that the stealth suit in terms of like the only one functional suits people really seem to not like is the first Avengers one, and that's because like in Puerto Rico, (laughs) (laughs) but in the helmet was bad. It was real bad. I get it. They wanted him to be very bright and vibrant, you know, and it'd be a little on the comic booky side of things. Yeah, but it didn't quite hit the screen right. Yeah, Um, he didn't look out of place. It's just he didn't look as good as what we've seen him. Right. It It was was a step back from from his own movie, you know, (laughs) because the World War II suit looks really really good, and then the Winter Soldier cell suit looks really good. And you have this other one in the middle. Random. Yeah, (laughs) weird condom head. He's got the helmet on. Wow. Um, but anyway, no, I mean, like, we don't know much, right? There, we know that they didn't give anything away, really. No. 
And there is I a weird so rescue about that. placement, like the yeah. word rescue. When when Iron Man is on his uh, recording his message, he says, "Nobody's coming for my rescue." I <laughs> uh, said, the "Yeah." Thing. So I mean, obviously, there's speculation. It's a huge spike. Uh, that's perfect. That's <laughs> sure what I was going is. for. Sure um, <laughs> so obviously, you know, people think that rescue is Pepper Potts in yeah. Iron Man suit is going to be the one that comes and saves him, but uh, that doesn't really make much that sense would be to me. Cool. So. It would be cool if she showed up at the end. We all know it's that. It's probably going to be Captain yeah. Marvel that saves If anybody saves him, who's going to be in outer space? Captain Marvel. Come I on. mean, there could still be like. Nebula should be around somewhere. Nebula should be what's in that doing? ship with him. Yeah, what's she doing? Nebula and he Tony should be in the ship. Arc reactor with a box of scraps in a cave. So she now he's just sending voicemails. With yeah, his her arm. he can't <laughs> find on a spaceship enough stuff to like propel it's a himself to Earth. Talkie, sir. <laughs> There's not enough nanobots to like shoot a little fart jet out to at least kind of send it towards Earth. I don't know it, the whole trailer was just kind of funny to me because like it tells you so little. Yeah, you know, and we already know that the Infinity War trailers were misdirections. I mean, to begin it, with. it like, tells us a lot. Thor's album's gonna drop eight miles. He's gonna cross eight miles in one day, and I'm mad Freya's at myself for spaghetti. not. I'm so mad at myself for not having that thought when I saw the trailer because <laughs> it's so obvious. Um, but like, even like the title Endgame was the first title that everybody guessed, and everyone's like, "No, no, no, that's not it, guys." The Russo promise. brothers came out. Yeah, yeah they were like, like, "That's not it." The the title was never spoken in another movie. Okay, guys, it's only been on. spoken at least twice. Yeah, I can think of two times. So you're right. Avengers Endgame was never said. Right. Those two words next to each other were never said. Yeah, so now they are totally untrustworthy. So, right, I mean, that's know. the thing, right? Like, I don't necessarily want to know. I want to be right. surprised. Part of my problem with Infinity War, if you listen to our review, is that, like, it doesn't feel like any shock and surprise to me because we have all of this information all the time. I would have rather them just gone on the 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 viral push of the movie and not done a trailer yeah. released a vague poster that just you know had the cool avengers logo without even a title yeah. just call it avengers and be done with it even then people are still gonna completely demolish it i have heard so many arguments about what the purple light means is the purple light behind the avengers logo Thanos dying and like like shut the fuck oh up. Not everything like, has meaning. You are <laughs> reaching here. Right, I want a, I want a black cool. poster. The Avengers thing <laughs> disintegrating and then coming back together at the end. Mm-hmm. No, I thought it was cool. That, you know, it's symbolism, yeah. right? I guess, but we don't know. I assume so. I was actually hoping it was going to be called like disassembled or something. Like I was that. hoping it was going to be called the Last Avenger. Reassemble. See, that's a problem. Like, reassembled would have given too much away, right? You don't want to call it reassembled. Literally, <laughs> you know, right? Like you don't want to. Yeah, do they're that. like Legos. You're just kind of here's Cap and Iron Man. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but uh, yeah, I, I actually I want this since they've already released it. I don't want any more. Right? The poster's fine. They're gonna release got, more. I know, but I don't want any more. All right, I want to be surprised. There's gonna be a teaser after Captain Marvel, 100. percent I just want full character posters. Like they could be wearing exactly what they did, but I love the character posters. That's what I get. No, I want to see their. uh, I want to see their Quantum Realm suits. That's the official looks. The toys. I want them to release Avengers Endgame character posters where they're all wearing what they wore in the first Avengers movie. No, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. How dare you? Because that that would be just. I don't want to see Cap in that suit again. That's peak trolling. All right, guys. We've literally talked about the news now more than we're going to talk about Spider-Man. Yeah, we have to take a quick break. We will be back in 30 seconds or less. Hello, listeners. John here from Gamer Heroes Podcast. No, not that John. A new, improved John. 
Join all new hosts every Wednesday for discussion on all the latest games and gaming news. Hit us up to get the hottest takes, freshest memes, and deep, overly personal discussion on video games, though we reserve the right to also discuss board games, Dungeons & Dragons, music, art, society, and anything else that pops into our noggins. Level up your gaming podcast from silver to diamond with Gamer Heroes. See you on Wednesday. John out. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that advertisement. Um, buy whatever it is. Listen it was to for it. Red Shirts and Oh, Rots. okay. Well, listen to that show. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah let's talk about uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Guys, what did you think about this new movie? Ryan, you go first. Well, I started first last time. Make Derek start first. Derek, start okay. first. That's right, Derek. I think this is my absolute favorite animation style. King, yeah. Kingpin aside, we'll get to him. But other than him, this universe looks so fucking cool. The animation drew me in immediately, like during the first trailers anyway. But being able to just watch a full two hours of it was just really pleasing. I love that style. The style is awesome. Ryan? Uh, I think this was my favorite superhero movie this year. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. It I, might be my I, favorite I, Spider-Man movie too. It's uh, I'd say I put Spider-Man and Spider-Man Aww. two over this one, but I still really enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, it was still a great Spider-Man movie, and it brought characters that people had no idea existed because they aren't Spider-Man fans other than the movies. I I was very pleasantly surprised. I hoped mm-hmm. it would be good, and it and it did not disappoint me. Yeah, so maybe spoiler alert because I don't I don't know how long we'll be able to stop from like talking about. No, specific we're going things. in. It's um, we're diving. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's the best Spider-Man movie. As much as I love Spider-Man Two, uh, I love Spider-Man Two. I think this movie might be better. Uh, it's definitely my favorite superhero movie of, of 2018. There's no question for me about that. Um, the way they were able to bring in characters from alternate dimensions without it feeling heavy and convoluted and clunky. And not needing a ton of exposition as to what's happening. Right? Like, you know, they got their little intros, you know, that kind of became a a meta joke in itself. And that was really fun for me. Like, it it was, it had some really serious moments. It had some good emotional moments, but it was still lighthearted and tongue-in-cheek. And just everything about it shot. So many Easter eggs, too. And they were all done with a great respect and not, like, taking you out of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Tons. I mean, I'm not, you know, the, as people know who listen to the show, I'm not like the, the, the Marvel expert or anything like that. But even I was like just catching things left and right. It was crazy. Well, yeah, even if you're only a fan of the movies, I mean, you get a uh, reference to Spider-Man 3 right yeah. away, really early on with the dance scene where he's like walking down the thing. You well, get a all reference. three Spider-Men. I mean, basically, yeah, yeah. He, when he explains, like, when Peter explains who he is, he basically explains the plot of the original trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see him holding the train, right? That's a reference to Spider-Man 2. The you Upside Down Kiss with Mary Jane. Upside Down Kiss. The you car that flies into the restaurant. Holding the uh, the two halves of the of the something boat. together, yeah. which is from, obviously from Homecoming. Yeah. Um, there was, And that was all done in, like, the first 20 minutes. I mean, it was, and it was, didn't feel out of place. But the whole time I was like, ah, that's cool. And I'm sure... You know, people who are even more casual fans than I am, which there's not a ton of, but they would probably, they were probably even more excited that they could pick up on those references. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't deep cuts. No, there was just, there was just so much though. Um, So let's go by this character by character. I feel like that's the best way to do it. Let's talk about Miles. He's our main character. Yeah. Uh, What'd you guys think about Miles as a whole? I loved seeing him get his powers 
and handling it in a universe where it already existed, mm-hmm. right? Because we've only really seen Tobey Maguire's... I, I, okay, I haven't watched the Amazing Spider-Man movie, so I haven't seen the... Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield one. Much. Uh, but, you know, Tobey Maguire got his origin story, Tom Holland didn't, right? So I've only really seen the Spider-Man origin one time in, in on the big screen. Um, and so it was really interesting to see Miles struggle with like, you know, the hand sticking and his senses and all that, but at the same, like flipping over the car, but at the same time, like he's also seeing these things happen to a comic book character that's based on a real person in his universe. Like that's just super different. That's really unique. We don't really have that, mm-hmm. right? Most of our superheroes, there's exceptions like Black Lightning, for example, but there's a lot, most superheroes exist in a universe where superheroes don't exist in any fictional sense. Right, like in Batman's universe, there's not comic books that people are reading in Batman. But in this, Miles is reading Spider-Man comics that are actually based off of the real Spider-Man, who you know we we watch die in this movie. Right, like it's super interesting. I just found that fascinating. But I like that he's got you know he he's got an, an interesting relationship with his parents. You know, he's not doesn't really want to do the prep school thing, but his dad you know really wants him to succeed, and I can kind of relate to that type of familial pressure to do better because what we don't get from toby Maguire's spider-man or even tom holland's is that type of parental upbringing because his parents are never in the picture so i like that quite a bit i mean you don't get that from any peter parker Spider-Man. right yeah right uh, I, I thought he was great it's nice that um that they have a uh, minority character well, two different minorities because uh you know now uh, there's a lot of kids that have no idea that you know, a lot of little black kids or Hispanic kids that have no idea that there's a Spider-Man out there that is half of each of those. And now they do. And now they do, and he's making a ton of money at the box office. So you know, he's there's a lot more. That's going to make more people come and see it. And, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. So I think it's great. They're going to have somebody to look forward to. Yeah, the representation seeing. was really fantastic. They didn't shy away from either culture. And they did a great job of showing, not telling. Like he didn't have to say, "I'm a." Afro-Latino. And they also didn't do subtitles for the Spanish parts, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. You just got it by context and tone, and you under... Like, you don't need to understand the words to understand the meaning of what she's saying. Yeah. I I I love that his dad's a cop, right? Because you have that vigilante thing in a lot of superhero roles, right? Where there's... The cops want to stop the hero. Well, and in the Amazing Spider-Man movies, Gwen Stacy's dad is a cop. Mm -hmm. Right. And so... That's true. So I guess... I mean, you do get to see it there, but you don't get to see it in other heroes. Right. Right? Like, it's not really a thing on, on, you know, the the other Avengers Justice League level heroes. And so it was kind of cool to see that, like, it's straight up his dad. You know, like, that scene that clips in the trailer, but it is a really cute moment, though. When he drops him off at school. No, no, no. At the, at the end. At the end. Oh, he, yeah. The, like, I know, love you. I love you, officer. <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. just like super cute. Like, I don't know. I just, it's a good moment. The, the personality of Miles is just, it just feels good. It feels real. Yeah. He just feels like it's a normal authentic, kid. But it's also, uh, like, it's not immature, but it's definitely young. There's a youthfulness to him as opposed to uh, Jake Johnson's Spider-Man. So let's move on. Let's talk about our Spider-Men. I think we should talk about the Chris Pine one first. And then sure. move on to Jake Johnson. Because so, they're two drastically different Spider-Men. I love that the trailer kind of hides that from you. Because um, it definitely caught me off guard. Yeah. Like I'm listening like, well that doesn't sound like Jake Johnson at all. <laughs> it totally caught, right. caught me off. Um, I like the idea that... 
so I, you know, I, in school I studied philosophy and I find the idea of the, the infinite universe theory and all that really, multiverse. well, yes, the DC multiverse, yes, is really interesting, okay? Um, I find it fascinating that any time that something could have multiple outcomes, all of those outcomes do happen in alternate realities, right? So there's a slightly different universe where we're just wearing different color shirts or, you know... There's one completely different when we're all clowns. Right, exactly. We're all gummy bears made of jello. And th- like, I like, I like these concepts. Gummy bears aren't made out of jello? In this universe, they are. See, like that's the do point. We eat ourselves when we get hungry. I mean, maybe, maybe in some universe you do, right? Like that's the point, right? And I love that. We should this, explore this further. This is a thing that that the Screen that, Heroes multiverse. <laughs> this is a thing, though, that scientists really study, and it's it's something that I've always found really fascinating. And to see it put to screen is something is is very very rare. Fringe did it. Uh, with only two universes, and that was complicated enough for people to you follow. You aren't going to go Ben Wyatt on us, are you? That was as far as I was going to okay. go with Fringe. Uh, it's not something you see a lot. Star Trek has the mirror universe. There's some alternate realities there, too. But they never really hit a bunch all at once. And this one does. I yeah. mean, we're basically living in five realities at the same time throughout most of this movie. And each character is able to keep their identity. And so, I just, I don't know, I just find that super fascinating. Okay. I mean, I thought it was cool, yeah. I don't really know where to go with that. No? Okay. No, there's definitely some fun philosophy and science behind it all. I didn't really care about that as much. I just thought it was cool that they did it in a way that didn't need a bunch... You don't need a doctorate to figure out. Yeah. You know, it was easily understandable for everybody. But it's little things, right? Like, the Chris Pine Peter Parker is the, quote, successful Peter Parker, who has everything. He's got, you know, the chiseled jaw and the blonde hair, right? And he's 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 also only been Spider-Man for two years, as opposed... Like, he didn't get his powers at 15 like the Jake Johnson one did. He got it when he was 24. He was already a successful working adult and knew about responsibility. I bet you anything, he did not have the run-in or the incident where he became a pro wrestler for a little while. That's true. But then you have the Jake Johnson, Peter Parker, who's, you know, he's kind of the one most of us are probably used to thinking of when you think of Peter Parker, who doesn't necessarily have the best luck and he's always short on money because he doesn't really have a a great full-time job and, you know, he and Mary Jane don't always work out and in this case they didn't. John Romita Jr. said when he was writing Spider-Man, everybody always asked him who was his favorite Spider-Man villain to write and he said the universe because the universe hates Peter Parker. And that is definitely Jake Johnson's Spider-Man. The <laughs> right. universe hates him, man. And that, I think I, I like those differences, right? His hair is a little bit different. He's, he's wearing he's, sweatpants. Well, that's because his legs are all, the legs in his suit are all jacked up. That's why he puts the sweatpants on. Like, it's cute though, right? Like, I just, these, these tiny things. And then when they bring in the other spider characters, right? You bring in Noir Spider-Man. Okay, and there's just wind blowing, and they even comment like, "Where'd the wind come from?" Is wherever I am, the yeah, wind, the wind follows. follows. You know, like it's and just, having Nicolas Cage voice that was, was, pretty was perfect. perfect. It's really hard for that performance, that character, not to steal the show yeah. for me. And it did for me because I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan already. Yeah. Well, the fact that Penny Parker was animated as if she was in a standard anime, mm-hmm. and. Uh, John Mulaney's um, Peter Porter, like he was, Peter yeah, Parker. Looney Tunes, straight out of Looney Tunes, straight up, so good. All three of them having different animation styles was 
pretty on the nose and yeah and if you watch our like one punch man review and me and Derek did a one punch man review um, I was there I didn't have much to say but I was (laughs) oh were you on that one (laughs) um yeah it was it was you never know (laughs) yeah you could listen to it and she could not be there but uh, one of the, my favorite things about One Punch Man is the use of the different animation styles and the statement that actually, you know, about the statement that the animation style is making. And I think that they did a lot of that with this, too. You got whole different personality types based on how the character was drawn. You know, you could look at that character and go, this is the personality type this character is probably going to have based on the art I'm looking at. And it was. And they did a really good job with that. I mean, and the, I respect that. The noir one, I think, is... is for me, the most interesting because... He's always black and white. Always in grayscale, yeah. right? And they even comment on it. And then, wh- what do you do with that? So the, the writers have this character who's a monotone character in this incredibly vibrant, sophisticated, animated world. And what do they think about? A Rubik's Cube. Right. And that is the funniest fucking thing to be. Yeah, he's going to take that back to his universe. Yeah, yeah that was so good. Like, just like he's trying to solve it on the couch. He's like asking which color. Like, it's just, like, it's just one of those small notes that helps show the fish out of water because these people aren't home right right the only person who's home here is miles and he's not really home because he just got his powers yesterday right you know so all of these characters all of our heroes are fish out of water in the entire movie and it's super except the only one that didn't really seem like a fish out of water was gwen stacy yeah she seemed like she pretty much had it together so yeah let's talk about spider woman because in this one is she spider woman i don't i was gonna bring that up earlier but i don't in her universe uh, I've always Parker heard her referred died. to as Spider Gwen. That's the way I've always heard her referred to because Spider Woman is her own character. Mm-hmm. So a couple different confusing things. Spider Woman is her own character, and there's been four different versions. But Jessica Drew is kind of the go-to. When Spider Gwen came out, the fans named her first, and they just kind of had to go with it. So the comic was called that because that's what the fans called her. It was but called Spider Gwen. It was okay. called Spider Gwen. But in her world, how Gwen Stacy got her powers, uh, she was bitten and Peter Parker passed away instead of right, the other way around. Right, which they covered that in the movie. Yeah. But she is Spider-Woman. Because there is no other Spider-Women in her universe. Okay. And then when she... It's just confusing as a, yeah. for somebody who's a very light fan of yeah. that kind of... Well, now she stuff. goes by Ghost Spider. Because it doesn't make sense for her to go by Spider-Gwen right. and give that up her, yeah, her first name. And it, it is a little confusing, right? Because Spider Woman has her own comic book, and she looks very different yes. from Gwen Stacy. The costume itself is just incredibly different. It's almost opposite. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, so it, it can be really confusing. But I mean, her character was super cool. I love that haircut that she ends up with in the movie. That's like I don't know. I just love that. I thought she's really attracted to it. Apparently, apparently, apparently I am. Like, she likes. He likes the Natalie Dormer. I think is what isn't that? Um, what the, yeah, I guess. Yeah, is? she looked good with that too. Yeah. Um, no, it's, the character was super cool, right? She's she's the only one who kind of has it together because the only other experienced Spider-Man from a relatively normal universe is the Jake Johnson one, who's the down on your luck Spider-Man. Yeah, right. The other three are so removed from Miles' reality that they never really fit in. Yeah, but Gwen can do that. Like she's a student, she's a scientist. She can just fit in because her reality. She can blend in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I like that aspect of it. I kind of wish we had been able to see a little bit more from Peter Porker and Penny Parker. I was actually were... fine with the amount that they were given. I thought if, if it was any more, it would have started to get a little more convoluted. Uh, you think so? And I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty perfect the way it was. Those aren't 
popular characters. No. Not a lot of people are going to go, I relate to, no. you know, Peter Porker. You know? <laughs> I'm so actually they don't surprised need with how much they were in it. Like, they yeah. gave them backstories and let them have their moments in both The way they did the backstories scenes. was interesting, too, where they were like, for the fifth time, fifth and final time, <laughs> this is my story, or whatever. I thought that was great. And Miles at the end where he's like, all right, guys, you know the deal. <laughs> like, yeah. And then at the very, very end, they did the mm. same thing with uh, the end credits guy. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man 2099. I did like that Peter Porker got to use Looney Tune-type physics during the battle sequences. Yes. Tune Force. You know? Yeah. Uh, because, like, that's something that you don't get to normally see in a comic book superhero thing, especially in the 21st century with the more more hyper-realistic if superhero If I could, stuff. I'd give you guys materialized hammers out of nowhere all the I appreciate time. that. Like, the Anvil thing was just, you know, that's so spot on looney tunes and who else can do that there's no other character that can pull that off not in the marvel universe you no. know i mean i don't dc universe doesn't really have that either they have the zoo crew but they're not that toony no you know so like this is a unique thing I mean, and squirrel girl can pull that off probably maybe but anyway continue your point still remains <laughs> right like it's just i like that they were all given an opportunity to do things totally separate from what the the person from that timeline is supposed to be able to do right you know i just thought that was really interesting so even though they're not in their own realities uh their own universes they're able to bring part of their universe over yeah uh let's talk about the villains let's talk about kingpin and doc ock and uh prowler so prowler was cool uh uh, Ali, he is such a good freaking actor. Um, yeah, I didn't know he was in this, so that was really cool to it, find I'm, out. I'm a little sad uh, that they killed him off. Um, I know that's kind of part of, of the character and the journey of Miles, but I feel like you could have probably stretched that into a different film. I don't know. Um, it's just, you know, like, I, you have to have some tragedy for I Miles. I just really hope but... they don't do it to Donald Glover. Oh, jeez, right? Um I, I think if you don't remember, Donald Glover plays Aaron Morales in uh, Homecoming. Homecoming. Yeah, I'm not sure most people caught that. It's a pretty quick moment, but um, no. My only problem with the movie is the design of Kingpin. It's the only thing that seems to not make any sense in that universe. I thought King, I like Kingpin's design. The whole point of of his character in the comic books is that he's just a huge freaking guy that's supposed to tower over everybody. And I thought, how do you do that in an animated universe and really make it come across screen? And there were people that laughed every time he came on screen in my theater. Oh, that's rude. That's um, not cool. And so, you know, I mean, I get that it didn't work for a lot of people. I didn't have an issue with it. I thought it suited the style and what the, what the character represents. I thought that was fine. Personally, it didn't bother me that much. I think it just went too far. It beca- it moved away from from fitting because it felt it felt like I was waiting to find out that he's a kingpin from a different reality, and that's why his animation style is different. Because oh. they gave me that expectation with the other characters, right? The other spider people look different because they're from different realities. So I actually thought it looked like uh, the the vampire characters in Venture Brothers. <laughs> he totally reminded <laughs> That's me of That's kind of funny, actually. Um, he looked like a refrigerator with a head. He did. Which is kind of how Kingpin is supposed to look. But it, opinion, it was just so. over... It was too exaggerated for me, is all. Okay. I mean, I know, I know the Kingpin character is supposed to be the larger-than-life guy, but it just... It went a little too far for me. So, Doc Ock was my favorite villain. She was cool. Um, I love the way that her... Is there a female Doc Ock in 
in the comics? In Miles' universe, yeah. Oh, is there? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if that was an actual thing or if they just went that route. Nope, in Miles' universe, she's she's female. Yeah. I, I like how they remind us uh, throughout this whole thing that Miles' universe is not our universe. It's not Marvel 616. That's Jake Johnson's universe. That's where we belong. Mm -hmm. So um, I liked her reveal. It was so interesting. And, you know, you find out she's kind of this sadistic person who likes torturing subjects and watching them die. Uh, very slowly, like you think she just might be manipulated into working for Kingpin, like he's using her, and no, she's she's in this. And I loved the line, like I really fixated on the line, like no, my friends call me Liv, my enemies call me Doc. <laughs> right. like, that was a good line. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, yeah, the whole reveal was good because I had no idea. Yeah, I, I was. It was a surprise for me. I had no, mm -hmm. idea, no idea that there was a female Doc Ock in the comics or in Miles' universe. So I wasn't was expecting that at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have a ton to say about the villains, but um, that you guys haven't already said. But yeah, I liked her, and I liked Kingpin, and I liked Prowler. I thought that was all interesting. I didn't realize that Prowler was going to be that his uncle. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I don't know. Literally, I, I knew Miles Morales and I know he's Spider-Man and that's all I know about him. So all of this stuff was very new to me, which is maybe why I enjoyed it more. Oh, I absolutely loved it. Like, I'm nitpicking here. When no, I'm, no, no. I'm not know. saying love it more to you, but I meant loved it more than like a, a character I'm very familiar with. Oh, uh, right? okay. Gotcha. Um, soundtrack was super cool. Really enjoyed the oh, soundtrack. Oh my god, the soundtrack was brilliant. Um, score was really solid too. Uh, I'm actually a little frustrated because as as we move on technologically, the ability to just buy CDs uh, is becoming more and more difficult. And so being able to snag the soundtrack and the score to this movie, as well as Aquaman when we talk about that next week, I, I just it's really difficult to get them. Yeah, you, you just know? go on to Spotify and go Aquaman. But I have to pay for it. Like this thing, I, I need a subscription, right? I have to pay for Amazon Music, right? You I have don't to pay, pay for, for Spotify. Spotify. I, the thing is, I listen to a lot of different eclectic things and spotify doesn't have everything i want sometimes i just want to pop in my cd in my car you know and listen to what i want to listen to or or, or something like that without having to pay 120 bucks a year to do it you know um so one of our uh watchers in twitch right now is talking about the execution in the fight scene at the very end of the uh, movie and i have to agree the colors were impressive everything from watching uh, Miles' universe collapsed in on itself after everybody's gone. And then watching everybody leave. Uh, and each exit was a different color and different uh, mood. God, it was just so well done. The colors in this were brilliantly used. and It kind of showed how strong the animation in this movie mm -hmm. is. Because we've been subjected to a lot of movies in the 21st century that are, quote, live action that use CGI that's just a jumble of junk moving around, right? And the Transformers are horrible with that's it. That's a great example. It's impossible to keep track of every character in all the fight scenes when there's six of them fighting and metal shards going everywhere. It's, it's another good, that's a great example of it. And in this case, we have a movie that I think had a more complicated job to pull off and did it so well. Everything was discernible. You could see it. There was no just jumbled messes anywhere. It was all very purposeful. And it just it showed that this animation style is something very unique that 
I think could be the future of animation. Sony is kicking ass. Uh, Tetris and Tacos has a point. Disney makes very cookie-cutter superhero films. We could probably sit here and detail out just exactly how Captain Marvel um, is going to play out. And most likely, we will not be wrong. We'll have 75% of the movie kind of detailed out. And a few things might surprise us. But we know how Marvel movies are. Sony's made two superhero movies this year and they both exceeded expectations for sony now i'm not saying venom is a fantastic film i'm saying i enjoyed it and it's dominated the box office i mean that's the key right like people can dog on sony's library all they want but this year they're making good decisions they they, these two movies are doing incredibly well and you know venom i think the problem with venom is it just wasn't what people were what were expecting it to be but you know here it is crossing the 850 million dollar mark for a solo origin story uh, (laughs) kind of it's a shame that they canceled black and silver before we even got to see anything for it like i think they should go back and try and do a black cat and silver sable movie now, I, I don't know. Those characters have very little to do with each other. They rarely come across each other. Silver Sable is used so few uh, and far between that, like, maybe just make a black cat film. But Well, some of it is, I, I think, the, the the ways Venom and Into the Spider-Verse were successful were, were basically opposites of each other. Venom decided to just kind of throw the comic book canon to the wind and write their own story. And because of that, we all got kind of something we weren't expecting. On the flip side, Into the Spider-Verse decided to dive so hard into the comic book universe that they gave us probably the most comic booky movie ever made. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, it was so ambitious to do what this movie does. No one else has had the guts to try and pull off something like this with five different timelines that coexist with different animation styles, tones, music. Like, no one's done that. Right. Because it's really risky. Like, I can't believe that anybody tried to pull it off, let alone doing it so well. Right. So, I will say this before we go. We haven't talked about this, but I was not emotionally ready for that Stanley cameo. Yeah, it hit me right away. As soon as yeah. his first line was, I'm going to miss you, or something along yeah. those lines. And I was like, oh my god. Like, I, haven't, I, I haven't gotten choked up about the Stanley thing at all, but then I immediately like took a sharp breath and went, oh my god. And they well, filmed this and he didn't, you know, nobody knew. the three of us are kind of burdened by knowledge sometimes. And when we... We know Stanley's history to a certain degree, and when his wife passed away last year, we kind of all knew that something was going to happen, and, you know, he he retired, and then he unretired, and all this stuff came out about... uh, Yeah, and uh, so much... It sounded like he was in some really bad hands for a while, like his managers and handlers, and it sounded like he was at risk, so I was really upset when he passed of course but seeing him in this oh my gosh it was a bit more emotional than i was expecting like i, I didn't really i didn't know there was supposed to be a stanley cameo so it was i, didn't either. It I, mean, didn't I, I hadn't even thought about it like it caught me off guard that was the thing like once it happened i was like well of course he had a cameo in this right, right. but then at the same time like i wasn't thinking it was going to happen so yeah it definitely caught me off guard and it being the very first it's the first thing we've seen him do since he died Mm -hmm. you know and so that's that's a big moment and it was a good moment 
I'm kind of I kind of wish that this was going to be his last one. I have a feeling that they probably recorded something they, for they recorded, Avengers and for Captain Marvel. Yeah. I believe he actually recorded more than that. Okay. Well, I, I kind of hoped it so. would, would end with this one because the way they wrote it unintentionally God, was, it was perfect. So beautiful. For what yeah. it was. Um, now he actually he also did uh, one for the Spider-Man video game that just came out mm-hmm. as well, uh, which I um, I haven't played the game yet, but I watched that bit. It's really good too, actually. Uh, so Sony's doing a good job right now. I gotta say, you know, all their past Spider-Man Marvel mistakes may be well behind them at this point. It so. makes me a little sad that they don't have more IP, but if this is the direction they want to go with Spider-Man, I'm on all for it. I want to watch more Spider-Man cartoons. I want to watch more Spider-Man live-action films. Bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we like we were talking earlier, we've already got sequels and spinoffs basically confirmed for this one, which is not not surprising. I mean, it's its reception has been so positive that even though, you know, $35 million doesn't sound like a lot, it is the December record for an opening animation film. Um, and it, it did make already a third, more than a third of its budget. And it is very rare when a non-Disney animated film takes the box office. It does not happen often. And it's it's a busy month. You know, it had other movies to contend with. Um, and it will have more this coming weekend. You know, December is pretty stacked. Thanksgiving was pretty stacked. So you have a lot of choices when you go to the movies right now. Um, but this is probably the best thing in theaters. So. I think it's only the second or third movie I'm going to give an A to this year. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of movies so far this year. I think we're at 27 or 28. I think I gave Bohemian Rhapsody an A, and I think I gave Won't You Be My Neighbor an A. So, And this one is also going to get an A for me. Yeah, I, I definitely would say that this is my favorite movie of the year. Not necessarily saying it's like the like objectively best necessarily. That's a difficult question, but I think it's my favorite. I can say that. Yeah, like I said, it's definitely my favorite superhero movie. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's my favorite movie of the year. I don't know. I can't really think of anything that would beat it. To be honest, that's so, well. probably it. Probably is then. <laughs> right. Um, Our yeah, first episode it. of 2019 will be. Uh, uh, talking about our favorite. That's so, true. Yeah, we'll be our, looking back. Yeah, it's a good point. That's a good point because we'll we'll be kicking off the year with our 2019 predictions and 2018 look back. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we want to cover on this movie before we wrap things up? Anything we'll else? We'll do our letter grades, but I think we've talked about it. We've... Yeah, I mean, there wasn't anything to pick apart. So. No, yeah. I I just want to say that like I would be happy to see. The I would have I would love to see more in this style from those other timelines: Spider Man, mm-hmm. Noir, Peter Porker, Penny. I want Terry Crews. For some reason, all I could think of when I left this movie was like, I really want Terry Crews to voice a villain or something in this or another Spider Man. How great would he be as another <laughs> well, Spider Man? I love Terry. Like oh, Terry, Terry Crews is just made for voice acting. I'm really upset that he hasn't done more. I know. Things. Gosh, he would have been great in a movie like He's this. He's but... my next Disney princess casting. <laughs> I mean, I love that man. But He's... Not Nicholas cage He's princess like, terry but like but noir spider-man like when i think about like the character is super interesting to me anyway because of what it is it's a, it's a 19, late 1930s you know noir style he fighting talks Nazis. like the old like, like gangster, gangster. Yeah. Uh, old uh, like detective style first season of gotham uh harvey uh bullock he he talks in the first season of gotham like fast cracking yeah. wise fast talking wise cracking you know but if you wanted to give me like a Netflix style series that had you know eight to ten episodes a season and it was maybe you know, my an problem anthology. is I want the rest of I want 
Avengers Noir and X-Men Noir to work with it. I want it all together. And right now there's not going to be any of those companies I, I playing don't know, nice. I can see that. But again, like that's part of you know why I didn't really want Disney to buy 20th Century Foxes. I, I kind of like having some of these stories segregated most of the time. Well, I don't believe that Disney is capable of uh, paying the same amount of attention to the X-Men and Fantastic Four that they do the Avengers. So many characters get lost in the fold that... Right. You know, you bring on that many X-Men, like, well, I guess we're getting ten more Wolverine movies, and that's so I, it. So I think seeing a noir Spider-Man series where he's by himself, just noir Spider-Man. It's very think, windy where he's at. It could, <laughs> but it could be really cool. You, it could be, like, you know, the next Dick Tracy kind of thing. You know, I, I would be really, really <laughs> yeah. into that. Especially if they did it in, like, a really old-timey animation style, like yes. the early, like, Mickey Mouse and stuff like that, uh, you know. That's, I, mean, I like the style he was done in. I do, too, but I think that if they went just really far into that, I don't know, it might be kind of cool. Not it really so far itself. back where Mickey was, like, constantly bouncing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, near that. Not, like, yeah. Cuphead, but, like, you know, getting After getting that. to where animation was still early on. You like know, Jack like and the Beanstalk. Like, the, the, the original Superman cartoon. Yes. Fantasia. Like like yeah. Exactly. I understand what you're saying. I mean, and that would be cool, and I would watch that. It really just, distanced itself from everything else out there if it did that, I think. Yeah. I was just really impressed with how like he looked. Like a kid's I, I was too, you know. It, it kind of reminded me a bit about, like, Batman the Animated Series, right? Where the show was made on black paper. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of, like, that's kind of how you'd have to make it. Yeah. You know, and I think we're due for another show like that. And oh god! I, would I don't it. predict it actually happen. I don't no. predict him getting his own movie spin no, off or anything. No, I don't either. But I'm just saying I would watch the hell out of I it. Would <laughs> Take all my money. So yeah, A Spider Man into the Spider Verse. A. It's it's A. an A. A's around the board, guys. Yep. All right, guys. So next week, join uh, us on not live Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Wait for the podcast to drop. It's our Aquaman review, and then we will see you in 2019. Yeah. So. We will be back the week of January. Let's see. Okay, so we're moving to Fridays for release dates. We're staying on Tuesdays for the live stream. So our first episode of 2019 will premiere on January 11th. Yep. Which makes Tuesday the 8th. That's how days work. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So two, yeah. January 8th will be our next out. live episode of Screen Heroes. We'll do our 2019 predictions and our 2018 look back. And then that will kick off our year. Yep. Ryan, where can people find you? What's your handles? Well, on the internet. Oh, wait. Hang it. You ruined it. Uh, Buster props everywhere. Derek, your handles. I am the Star Trek dude. I am Siren Ray. Join us every Tuesday night on Twitch, except for next Tuesday and the Tuesday after. (laughs) Uh, Join us January 8th. Listen to us Friday mornings, Thursday mornings for 2018, Fridays for 2019. Yeah, we're at Heroes Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and Patreon. We also have a relatively new T Public store with designs from all of our shows for the Heroes Podcast Network, Screen Heroes. We've got some really cool stuff out there. Um, so please check that out. You can also tweet us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much to Tetris and Tacos and Midnight Pearl for joining us in Twitch chat. This evening. Absolutely. Uh, You can join us every Tuesday. But we will catch you next time, guys. See you next year. See ya. Bye.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.